here we go again. Big Daddy and Friends. And you know what? It's my, I guess I want to say my privilege, my honor. And we have a baseball superstar who happens to be a dear friend of mine. And uh, he's agreed to join us. So we're going to talk to the one, the only, Adam Jones. How you doing, Adam? The, the coolest Adam Jones out of the group. There's some, some different Adam Joneses, but... Yeah, I, I, you know, I think I think myself as the coolest one out of this out of this illustrious group. Yeah, because you know, right mm-hmm. away, you know, oh, is that Adam Jones? You know, Pac Man? No, no. That's all I hear. Everywhere I go when I yeah, travel, I like, hey, Pac Man. Like, I'm six three. He's five ten, five nine, five ten. Play football. He got long hair. He got dreads. Like, damn, it's all black. It was all black people look alike. <laughs> <laughs> And he can't hit a baseball. I know. And I and I can't hit no uh, receiver. So yeah, but you know what? Sports. You you say that, but here is you know uh, something that probably your your fans, my listeners and viewers may not know, but you know you were good in football, basketball, and baseball. I think I, I was athletic. I think I was athletic enough to play the other sports. Okay, but. I think when a lot of people seen me, like when, when I'm meeting people, especially like after about 21, 22, uh, you start, you seen that body. But coming out of when I was 15, 16, 17, you're like, what? <laughs> I mean, I had that athletic. <laughs> I had that athletic build, though. Like, you know, 6'1, 178, 80, you know, coming out of the draft. So it's like, you had that athletic build, but I was, you know, skinny, but athletic. And well, I was 17, 18. So you can obviously see the maturation. But most people that see me see me at 6'3, 225, 230, and they're like, oh, okay, damn. Like, you're bigger than I thought. And I'm like, I mean, I'm just to me, I'm me, but okay. Yeah, you didn't pick up baseball till you were 12, right? What? Right on a daily basis. Yeah, my understanding was okay. You're a big Padres fan. Tony Mm -hmm. Quinn was your what idol? Icon. 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 I mean, yeah, and it, it the thing is that he doesn't get as much recognition because it's San Diego. San Diego is not. I mean, everybody knows San Diego is. Hell, I want to go live in San Diego. I want to go vacation in San Diego. I love being in San Diego. The food is great. Like, who doesn't love San Diego? But yeah, you're not talking about the Padres anytime or the Chargers. It's like, oh, okay, they have a sports team out there, especially East Coast people who come to San Diego. Oh, they got a sports team out there, but who cares? Like, what their name is? You don't even know. So, you know, growing up, is just like, I wish he got more recognition. But to us in San Diego, he's, he's just a legend. And it was great even when I went to Baltimore because, okay, I mean, dang, I get to go play. I get to go be around another legend and Cal Ripken and see how beloved he is over there. And it just sucks that, you know, being from San Diego, it's just the sports is such a uh, inbreded city that, you know, my parents and a lot of my friends' parents aren't really from here. Military brought them here or something. And But my generation's here and it's just not that culture is not strong enough to Pass that generation on, but on the East Coast, y'all so traditionalized in sports, and I idolize the athletes that deserve the deserve that. And uh, so it was just like really cool to see how they idolize Cal Ripken and uh, Brooks Robinson and uh, Boo Pow and Smell Boo Pow's food coming out of center field. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> just and Eddie Murray and Palmer, just how they idolized you know their their legends. And I wish San Diego did that more, but. 
as you know, that's just not the type of city it is. We just great weather. Yeah, that's a, uh, uh, you know, I never had a bad moment when I was in San Diego. <clears throat> and, uh, but I have to say, I do know Tony Gwynn, and he was a great, outstanding player. And, uh, mm-hmm. Was a, I, I, give, I give him kudos all day long, and I'm not even a baseball mm-hmm. guy, which you know. I, I just mm-hmm. know sports, and I know who's who pretty much and whatnot, and he was definitely a hell of a player. So I, you had a great uh, icon to admire oh, and, and help, you, uh, help your baseball, <clears throat> I guess, dreams move along. Big you know? time. You just – you've seen how, you know, because that's when – you they like TV were more depth in depth with the athletes. I think they need to bring that back. Social media is a way of doing it, but social media is like, you know, okay, I can word it how I want to word it. When you do it on TV, it's a little bit different. You get a little bit more personal. So yeah. back we had the our TV channel would go in touch with the families with like but personal and talk with interviews with, you know, the new players or uh some veterans or, you know, it, it was it was just really cool dynamic what the Padres then their then their uh network had back in uh, the late 90s, early 2000s. It was really cool to be here because a lot of p- friends of mine, it's like, all right, we love Tony Gwynn, but like this player is really good too. And, but we know, you know, we know more about him than social media was allowing, is going to allow. I should say. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the, <clears throat> one of the greatest things that uh, in our beginning uh, stages of becoming friends, mm-hmm. what, what was awesome for me was that, you know, I don't really go to many baseball games. And when I do, it's like uh, – the Red Sea parting because, you know, it's like, oh, Big Daddy, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know, I've had a few of those because I run into yeah. some people. But the one time when you played the Yankees, I remember I was sitting in the front row and you came over right before uh, right before you guys started the game and we got that picture taken, which I have somewhere in here, my little no. uh, museum. <laughs> and, uh, you know, You're a football I'm, guy. Eh, I'm a, I'm a all-around <laughs> guy. You know, but yeah, I guess if you go, if you go rank them, football, you know, it's in my blood, man. That's all. Yeah, I for sure. And uh, <clears throat> and you know, it's funny when I was at Maryland where I played ball. You know, I got to see the Orioles and the love that you know you guys got, and how baseball is a big thing down there. You know, in Maryland, especially mm-hmm. when I was there, you were the only show in town. There was no Nationals or any of that. You know, the, the, it was either that or you watch University of Maryland or the local colleges uh, play baseball. But, uh, you know, the Orioles were uh, always loved dearly. And, I mean, obviously, with all the success they had there and, you know, Cal Ripken and his father mm-hmm. and brother and, and all that, um, you know, it made it for an interesting time when I wasn't playing <clears throat> football or hockey or whatever else was going on, you know. So, um so let's tell the fans a little bit. You're you you know so you have a successful high school career. You get drafted, and do you go right from high school to the pros and like do that whole farm system thing? How to explain to everybody? Because I'm sure they want to know. All right. So my my route is I went through high school, and I got drafted at high school. So I signed on uh, January July I think seventeenth or nineteenth. Something like that. I should remember that, right? That's an important day in my life. But I was seven. I was seventeen. It was like it was a week before. I, two weeks before I turned seventeen. So, um, uh, but then I left left San Diego uh, to the twenty third of July and went to Arizona. And uh, the twenty fourth, I was on taking physicals, physical, and, and then twenty fifth, 
in rookie ball. Started it started the journey, um, and that was '03. And then <clears throat> fast forward, finish that season, start of '04 season. Go to uh, where do we go? Appleton, Wisconsin. Which, as a football guy, you should know oh, Appleton, Wisconsin I'm, very I'm, well. Yeah, that must have been a shock <laughs> to you. The oh, micro tail. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the hell? Is this? Oh, the only thing I think I know about like Applebee's and Burger King and. Uh, <laughs> that's why that's where every NFL team stays. Yeah, you go to play the Packers because there's nowhere else. There's nowhere else to stay. I don't. I don't even know how that plane even landed. Yeah, NFL team planes landed that damn airport. I didn't know it's another runway. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so and then my look get off the plane. Twenty seven degrees. I'm from San Diego. I ain't never seen this snowing. I'm just like, <laughs> hey, what is <laughs> what the what is this? And it's like. You had, to buy, you had to learn how to buy a winter coat. <laughs> but yeah, well, I'm like, oh, man. Then I, then I had a host family my first year at 18. They generally wanted the high school guys to have a host family because they just wanted them to groom themselves into uh, first being on their own, but still having, like, you know, that nurturingness of, like, having someone at home when you come home. Because at first time at 18, most 18-year-olds, like, unless you're out in the streets by yourself, most come back to parents or older brother or somebody that's at the house. And, you know, for me, it was good to always come back and somebody, my first year away from home, like somebody was out, like somebody was uh, always home. But also I could be like, I could stay out as late as I want because they ain't my parents. Yeah. But all you would have been doing was either making snowballs Slay yeah. rocking or going to that casino. Uh, exactly. Not it, man. I, ain't most I, did, I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to drive in the snow. I didn't know how to do nothing. So I'm just like, for the first couple of months, I just felt it out. It's like, okay, all right. I mean, I mean, but I had some older guys, some guys that repeated the level that I had a couple of days of spring training with, that told me like, this is how it's going to be, and kind of you know, some groomed me and you know, just helped me out along the way. And then, you know, fast forward that year, went to double A. I, mean, I, I got called up to high A San, San Bernardino for a month. And the end of 04, which is good. I'm from San Diego. It was an hour and a half drive. I could see my people. I felt more comfortable. Weather was better. It was a lot warmer. Uh, I, it was a city, you know. <laughs> uh, then the next year, I started 05. Again, started, I played first half in San Antonio. I mean, in San Bernardino. I was close to home. Uh, then I got called up to Double A in them at the All Star break in June, and then I was nineteen. Double A playing short against you, and it, that's when the competition went sky high. Balls are hit harder, guys are faster, pitchers are better, sharper, throwing harder, more crisp, more plays are made defensively. So I'm sitting there like I had to up my game to then. So then that's when I was at shortstop still. So they moved my ass out to center field because. I couldn't compete at shortstop with all these other guys because they was good as hell. And I was like, I was good. I was solid. These dudes blowing me away. But I could hit and I was athletic. So they was like, look, it, take your ass out the center field. And I was like, I right, damn, I want to play shortstop. I don't care what you want. Take your ass out the center field. I was like, all right. So then I went out to center field and then I went to the fall league. And I started working out in center field, finished that league at shortstop, went to the fall league of 05. The fall league is the uh, prospect league. It's what the NFL could have. It's, it's like the guys that were, it's like the guy, well, no, it's just way different. 
it's it's basically the young prospects, the guys that are double A, triple A on the brink of making the, to the big leagues the next year. The guys that have tried, a chance. It's like they tried to do that, but it didn't work out. Like if you play, if the practice squad players played against other practice squads. Yeah, got it. Got you it. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you should you should do that. They should do it. or some guys that were hurt. It's like winter ball in a, in a sense, but winter ball for. The America for the prospects, not all all races, but for the prospects of Double AA, A, Triple A. Like, all right, you're on the cusp of making it to the big leagues. We're gonna put all the really good prospects together and have them go against each other, because then, like, yeah, that they just have. That's how they do it. So I went there in 05 at center fielder, and I'm like, damn, they threw me in center. But I went up a level in 06 to Triple A, and. I was like, I moved. The thing was that sucked though about that, and I learned the politics of the game. That was my first political part. I learned is I was, I was, I just turned twenty, so I went to, I went to Triple uh, A. The guy who I replaced in center field, who was in Double A with me last year when I was a shortstop, he was twenty five. He was supposed to go up to Triple A, but he was twenty five. He just turned twenty six. I just turned twenty, and I'm in center field, so it's like you're younger. And I'm like, now that's when I learned like the political part, like. Oh damn! So since I'm younger and like, they just gonna push me through the way, and I'm like, I can't be mad at that. But at the same time, it's like, damn! Now his journey is gonna be that much harder because he's older and and whatnot. But at the same time, I'm 20. I gotta I gotta do what I gotta do. Hell, I got a family to feed my damn self. I want to make it to the major leagues, and you know, it was cool being Triple A at 20 because you had all the you was, I was it was the young guys. Now Triple A is the guys that have had big league time. Mm-hmm. So you got guys that dress a certain way, act a certain way. They have that major league posture and debonair bullshit. Yeah. So I just got, I, I learned how to be a little bit more professional. I wasn't 21 yet. So I'm just like, I'm learning how to just be a little bit more professional. Cause look, some guys that I really looked up to that I had to spend good time with in spring training. I was able to now I'm with them in the season, a little bit more intimate. And like, they got to show me the ropes on the road and just how to be a little bit more of an adult, a more of a pro, because if I'm 20 and AAA, the chances of me going to the next level is pretty damn good. So the guys just like, gave me like the, the guys are great to me. They were just like, just be more of a pro. Like they kept me away from any sort of trouble. I was 20. So nothing I really could do in, in, uh, in, in the States. So, uh, then July 14th, they called me to the big leagues two weeks before my 21st birthday. And I was like sitting in, sitting in Toronto hotel. Like, uh, I swear I, t- I told my wife this all the time, this, this night that my first day before my first game in the big leagues is like home alone. And, uh, it's like treated like home alone two, lost in New York. <laughs> I, when he when, when he goes to the, he goes to the hotel and just like looks around this room. It's, I got a regular ass room. This room felt like it was the most palatial 2,000 square foot. This is a regular hotel standard room. At, at the Four Seasons, it was nice, but a regular-ass standard room. And I'm just like, this is just like, I'm in the biggest, I'm the king of the world right now. And, you know, I'm just sitting there just waiting. I woke up at 5.05, 6.05, 7.05, 8.05, Finally got up and just like, all right, I'm just going to eat some breakfast. And I was just so nervous to go play. But. That started that day right there, July 14th, started the journey, man. And I got I got a taste of the big leagues that day. And I didn't relinquish it for, you know, 13 years, you know, about 13 years of service time. And uh, 
every day was a joy. Now I'm playing in Japan, but, uh, you know, every day to play the game is a joy. And, um, you know, as you get older and change teams and, you know, realize what you, you know, just realize the game, um, you just, you know, start to realize that you can't play this thing forever. So I, I'm starting to slowly mentally come to the understanding that you can't play this game forever. And, uh, you know, just trying to just still enjoy, uh, just enjoy the game as much as you can, as much as I can. So that's well, my little tidbit story. There's a lot no, in between no. there too. No, All-star games, kids, marriage. Ready? Five-time uh, All-star. Yeah, some gold gloves in there. Anyway. Five-time Golden Glove winner. <laughs> Oh, silver slugger winner? Anything yeah, there's, else? Yeah, there's, a, there's a couple of awards in there. You know what I mean? But that's, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's just that's me being me. You know and, what I mean? You know I think what? the, the real sure. version is me. Yeah. Hey, and you know what? There's a I'm sure there's a bunch of cats out there that would like, man, I wish I was Adam Jones. I didn't know he had all that yeah. going on. Or they do know you have it going on. And you know, listen, I know from watching uh you know, when you would come up to bat, you know, the commentators say something. You know, and it's always positive. And man, I wish we had him on our team. You know, I mean, how many times? I, I remember one time I did watch a highlight while you were playing the Yankees, and I think you guys were down by two. And all of a sudden, <laughs> he hit it out of park. And I'm like, he's killing us, this guy. And I'm like laughing. You know, being again, I'm just watching as your fan, not being a real fan of either any team or whatever. And watching, man, I'm like. Man, that was really good. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, hey, all I tried to do on a daily basis is like, it's like I said, I had, like when I got to the Mariners and like I seen some of the guys, I got, like, my camera was still around there. You seen guys just having fun all the time. And my mentors, Mark McElmore, played 19 years. And he mm-hmm. just told me like, look, man, have fun though. Play the game, have fun. And my personality is have fun. And it's a damn game. End of the day, it's a job. This puts food on our tables. It is competitive it's hard as hell especially at the top level people think it's easy because we got social media so why you catch that which i mean damn see the dude scantley didn't catch that ball the other night why yeah. you catch that i mean i i, I wouldn't have caught it i probably would have <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah yeah the at, the same, at the same time at the same time can i right now get that separation and would aaron Rodgers throw me the damn ball no so I'm not can't even be in that situation. I ain't getting that separation from the from the cornerback. He's all up in my shit. Just, nah. But you know, you know what the, you know what the funniest thing is, and um, is always the football guy wants to be the basketball player or the baseball. Mm-hmm. Every the other, all the other athletes, they want to do the other sport. You know, they're like we oh, always man, do. You know, you know, Daddy, I could catch that ball, man, if you throw it to me. Oh my like, yeah. But me throwing it to you is not Brett Favre throwing it to you. You know, you gonna get your head. I remember I remember one time I was at uh, API and now it's Exos and uh Stafford and Freeman yeah. were there. Mm-hmm. I was running routes for them and they're just they're just about to get to the draft. Ball's coming out hot. Throwing <laughs> my hand man, trying to get separation from these cornerbacks, running routes with Demar uh with Demarius Thomas. Man, Sit my ass down. Go over there. Play baseball, bro. I, I picked the right sport. Them dudes are, hey, football players are freaks. Freaks, as you know. Them dudes are freaks. They're big, strong, fast, agile, can move. You got some. They, they're like, oh, this dude's fat. And he, like a Gilbert Brown, he's just fat. And he ain't fat. Wilcox, moving. They're like, what? 
I, I give all the I give the praise to the football players, especially I love the linemen, them big bastards. Because my cousin was a lineman, he's a big agile bastard. He played in college, and I'm like, man, I, I love linemen. Yep. Well, that's what I did, man. And and you know, I used to laugh because I would show off where I could do a split. You know, and people are like, man, big guy, I don't know you can do that. I'm like, yeah, man, I can do it. I used to even do it. I'd be out dancing or whatnot. I'd be like, watch this, watch this. Boom, put my <laughs> do the split right there in front of people, and people be like, <laughs> <laughs> man, you know I'm a hernia. No, I ain't, because I'm mobile, I'm yeah. an asshole, and I'm an athlete. Yeah, hey, they don't realize they just call them big fat dudes, man. I mean, and it's, they're big and fat, yeah. Yeah, so you know what? They yeah. always say the guy with the biggest ass Dude. is the guy that you want to run behind. 100%. You want to be right behind it. That's why it was for his ass for a reason. Go right behind it. And, man, uh, but then you got the basketball dudes and big, tall, lanky bastards that are freaks, too. Yeah, they jump out of the building. And, you know, and they're uh, strong. They're strong. Yeah, like, I, I'm going to tell you, this one thing is sad, but I'll say this. I had the great fortune of going to Maryland when Len Bias was there. So mm. watching him and I remember he used to come in the weight room, and, and he was a strong dude. And he was he was about 6'8", six, 6'9", six, and his shoulders, he was out there. He was wide. And I remember I, when I, I saw him play, I was just like, man. Like, I, you know, obviously I watched him on TV before I went to school there. And then all of a sudden, here I am walking into a classroom that he's in. And then also see him in the weight room and, you know, then watch mm-hmm. him play. It was like, and he was a guy that was, you know, bless his soul, because who knows what would have happened if he had he lived, you know, play with those Celtic teams, because he was the guy before Jordan. You know, like they were in the same era, but Michael was a guard. Lenny was a forward that happened to be a forward center because Maryland didn't have a center, but he was that guy jump out of the building and had a jump. And it I was wish just, I got to see him, man. Oh man! And you know what? And I, I wish the world got to see him. What's that? I said, it's just the world got to see him. Just yeah. Like everybody else. Yeah. And and you know the thing was, I grew up in Long Island, New York, and I was a St. John's fan, so I was a big Walter Berry guy, Chris Mullen, all that. And and then comparing Walter Berry and Lenny, two different players. You know, one was a down low guy. Lenny was a guy that could just. You have to get out on the three, he go out there and hit it on you, or he just dunk it in your face. You know, that's mm-hmm. what probably he was. But uh, anyway, but uh, so now how uh, you leave MLB and mm-hmm. you go to Japan. Yep. How, um, what's the word? How difficult was that? Like, was it difficult? Was it easy? Like, what was your, uh, you know, how much of a challenge was that for you? Uh, I mean, difficult in, in first to make a decision to do that because they want to they want to know in December, you know, and around the winter meetings when a lot of things can happen. And yeah. especially out the last like five, six years of of uh, our free agency has worked. It's prolonged itself into, you know, January, February, sometimes into March, which is just ass. Um it should be this structure should be more like football and, and baseball. You know who the hell you want. You know what your roster needs. Get freaking get them and get your shit started. Damn. Um, that's how a lot of athletes feel. I'm sure, but teams obviously they ain't get that way to be. They ain't, they ain't get billionaires to be for no damn reason for giving it away. Um, 
but um, like I said, it was a difficult because it, like to leave MLB. I'm physically able to play in MLB. I mm-hmm. still want to play in MLB. It's not like I want to retire. I still want to play baseball. Um, I think that I still have value. But what do you guys think? And then you see that the interest is not that much. The year before, there was zero interest. And I'm just like, why the hell not? I still had a good year the year before. Uh, I'm still in shape. I still am uh, you know, productive. I played, I still played a full season. I haven't been on a DL in a decade. These guys go on a DL. They're signing four or five, six-year deals. Uh, I'm just like, all right, I'm limber. I, have all, I mean, I, I check majority of y'all boxes. Am I as young? And you? No. Okay. For damn it, no. But I played – even on the DL, so of course my legs are a little older and my I'm, my body's a little more tired because, yeah, I play it every day. Sorry, so it's they praise you in all sports. You praise you because oh man, you were healthy, yeah, but ah, you play too much. So how much how much do you have in the tank since you played too much? You know what I mean. So it, it got to be where like they see you as an old thirty two, an old thirty three, and I'm like. Damn, I'm still putting in gas. But then my agent brought to me Japan, and I'm like, nah, it's cool. I mean, maybe next year, man. You know, I still I still want to play another year in ball in America. I mean, who doesn't want to play MLB as many, as many as you can, of course. And then, you know, the winter, I guess the GM meetings, and he was like, talk to every team, ask if they have any interest. You know, I'm not trying to break no bank. And it just, again, no, not much interest. And I had them beating around, and uh, then Japan came back and was like, we got more interest. Like, well, let's really sit down and talk about this. <laughs> and they came with a they, yeah, they came with a two year deal. And me and my wife was just like, we got two young kids, six and four, and we're like, hmm, Japan two year guaranteed, uh, MLB. You probably won't make you won't make this amount of money in MLB. Probably ain't getting no job in MLB, so you're probably gonna be on the couch annoying the hell out of my wife. That that's she said. You're probably gonna be on the couch annoying me. So. Mm, Japan seems like a good eye. So we just weighed all the options and was like, we went on vacation and was like, let's do it. <laughs> I had to go on vacation to clear my head. So over there, uh, did you have fans in the stands? We start So like the first three weeks, when I first got there, first three weeks of February, fans, everything. About end of February, they're like, okay, fans are going to stop because the coronavirus is getting more cases, I guess. But they were allowed fans in the games. March 8th or something, we had a spring training game packed. The next day, no more fans until August 1st, August 2nd, my birthday, around my birthday. It was the first time we had fans. And they started out with like 25% capacity for a couple of weeks and then 50. And then I think I think they ended up with like maybe 75% capacity in stadiums because the people over there listen. That's all I got for that. They just listen. Yeah, I mean, who the hell like, I don't have to tell a grown man to wash his hands. I shouldn't have to tell nobody to wash his hands. I shouldn't have to tell anybody to do it. They listen. Okay? It's as simple as that. I said on my yes, said on my podcast, and I, I went on people's podcasts all throughout March, May. People over here listen. <laughs> That's all they do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, doctor, doctors are telling you something. The government's telling you something. They're like, okay, well, all right, cool. So that's why in May they opened. They like, a lot of stuff in uh, Kobe Osaka was open in May. So we couldn't play baseball yet, but we can go out and venture into certain things. Now, obviously, certain like you can go to Shake. There's Shake Shacks over there. 
obviously they want they don't want capacity and, and but they opened back up so we were able to still go see stuff yeah. and the weather was the weather started getting super nice so it felt like san diego all over again and it, uh so we went hiking all throughout the mountains back and just got to really really see a lot of stuff and it was it, that part was like a tourist because i didn't have to play no games so i had like three months off with my family I'm like let's go see everything we can and i'm still getting paid who's better than you I, who's better than me who's doing yeah, that? Yeah. mlb they halted their checks so they got 37 percent <laughs> of their money i got the whole hundred percent of mine so it's like my money looked larger in one year so it's like i, I won 2020 yeah, yeah in a sense yeah in the sport sense of of, of it Nobody won 2020. all to the side. My life is positive and new and, yeah. and everything else going on. But uh, now let me ask you a fun question. What was the worst meal you ever had on the road? The worst meal is like in a hotel? Um, anywhere. No, no, like hotel or I mean, if the meals are, I mean, hotel food's never bad. The, um, no, worst meal I ever had. I, I did, but did I have to eat it? Uh, no. If you tried it and it was bad, then you obviously well, didn't if, eat it. What if I didn't try it? Uh, okay. So say if you didn't try it, what made you not try it? So we're in Miami with the WBC, and I ordered for breakfast. I was like, man, I got my kids. Kids, man, this shit's expensive. Kids, and you know, they eat everything. But I ordered an omelet, and uh, I ordered a simple omelet. Bacon, cheese, and, like, some, and you give me some tomatoes and some onions and all that kind of stuff. And it comes straight up eggs with a pound of mushrooms in that nasty looking damn thing and i'm like who in the hell ordered this <laughs> i called in the order so <laughs> <laughs> i looked at it as like hell no i called about i need a new island man nobody eating all this. who the hell ordered egg with a pound of damn mushrooms in the middle now i know there's a lot of people that like mushrooms and congratulations you like mushrooms i personally don't like them so i'm i'm getting better at it but i don't like them in that capacity, at least. Well, listen, you've Damn. seen me, you know, you and I went out to eat. Uh, we had that big lunch one time at that Italian by Madison Square Garden. Um, but I don't eat like that anymore. Uh, I will tell you this. Me uh, either. Me either. I'm down. I, I lost 62 pounds since March. That's I, awesome. I, I've been working out. I've been dieting. And, uh, and it's a whole new... You know, a whole new big daddy. You know, I'm just trying okay. to be happy. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, that's it with that one. But, uh, okay, your favorite city to play in. That's the one I was really waiting to ask. I mean, it was always, it was, I mean, obviously Baltimore because, you know, I get to go home at night, sleep in my own bed. That was always great. But San Diego, um, we, uh, it's home. It's where I got to see my, my just a, so many people came out. Uh, Anaheim has to be up there too because of i went there more frequently so i got to see you know i mean you go to anaheim every year maybe two maybe twice san diego we went once every three years based on how the schedule so um so anaheim was always that but people drove an hour and some change to come up there and support for the weekend or whatever three days so it was all that was always cool and seattle i mean 
my it was always a bro- my brother's trip. So I'd bring my brothers and cousins. We just be like four of us. We'd just be up in Seattle, just go to steakhouses and just chill for the weekend or whatever. And they'd be in the beer gardens, and I sit there during the game, we'll say what's up to them, <laughs> and go and like it, it was just that was always a fun, 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 fun time. Now, um, obviously, uh, was Ken Griffey Jr. there in Seattle when you were up there? No, he was traded in like one. So Griff, um, we traded in two thousand. Cameron was there. Cameron was the center fielder when I first got drafted. Mm-hmm. When it was my turn, when I first got, when I then when I got called up, it was Jeremy Reed was there, and he's the hitting coach now for the Angels. So yeah, I got I got Griff coming on the show uh, next week. You know we are. Oh, Griff is awesome. I got the as, as the best thing is I got the uh, his last two years he went to the American League with Chicago and then with the Mariners. So I got to play with him, talk with him, man. And then I'm and then I got to wear his lines. I'm like, oh, I got to be attached to Griffey, and he's I mean the nicest dude too. Oh, just, a, just a big. He's a teddy bear, soft boys. Just a ah. He's a good he's a teddy bear. Uh, anywhere socks, anywhere socks in the pool. He's one of those kind of black people. I <laughs> <laughs> have to make a note and bring that up. Yeah, he's one of them type of black people. Like, socks in the pool, man. You got ugly feet. Don't nobody give it. Nobody looking under the damn water to see your damn toes. Nobody care. Uh, care. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, 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 I got to myself a mental note on that one. So uh, I'll let him have it on that one. But uh, so, anyway, on a serious note, uh, I know that you're one of the most outspoken and passionate African American uh, players. You know, but you were always emphasizing uh, injustices, injustices that minorities uh, face every day. Right. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that. Well, I think the first thing is, you know, athletes. People always say, "Why are athletes speaking out?" You know, and. Why are, you know, why, why are we using our platforms? Because we can use our platforms to sell Nike. We can use our platforms to sell Under Armour. We can use them to sell, you know, whatever advertisements, right? Why can't we as black athletes and most of the black athletes, not all, it depends on the sport, especially, but, you, you know, if you want some more football, maybe, but I don't know, it's hard to really even go in the demographic of who is who and where they come from, but majority of of athletes of african african american athletes come from lesser than uh the great accommodations of life let's just be honest with ourselves and so you know this is the first time that you know we're in, we're getting money it's the first time uh, my generation so I'm, I'm at the end of this sport athletic generation and you got these news guys so but we got a there's a lot of athletes that make good money that played a long time, but they learned the whole thing around. The, they learned the process around it. First time home buyers. The first time home buyers. What age generally? I personally don't know this. You might know it during insurance stuff. But in yeah. the 30s, the 40s, being yeah. in New York. Yeah, in New York is hard to buy a home. Exactly. Yeah. So you got people in their 40s, just first time home buyers. These athletes might be 22, 23. They just got drafted first round football. Trevor Lawrence is about to get what 60 million. What's the what's the going rate for the first overall pick? Oh yeah, he's gonna be. You know, the Jets ruined it for him. If he would have went to the Jets, he would have been probably making over $100 million just on everything combined. Everything. You know, but now Jacksonville. Going, you know, there's a little different story there. But but, uh, but he can. But in Jacksonville, he can go get himself a big-ass ranch. Oh, yeah. Big-ass farm. Well, you know what? For $100,000. Hey, but he could also pull an Elway and say, I ain't going there. <laughs> you know, or, I, I mean, more, yeah, he could. But that those times, that ain't, he ain't nobody got the balls to do that no more. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Eli, Eli Manning, dad. He, he ain't going to San Diego. 
Hell no. Nah. We were like, screw you, Eli Manning. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, get, hey, get out of here. Oh, man. We'll, give it, we'll take Rivers. All right. You know what? I, 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 being an ACC guy, when he was at NC State, I was a fan of his. You know, um, he's a good damn player. No, uh, he's a good player. Still got it. I mean, he's got him in the playoffs right now. I mean, they're going up against my brother's team. You know, my brother's the DB coach for the Bills. Oh, so, dope. yeah. So uh, I'm cheering for him, and I hope he can get to Tampa. You know, it's uh, anybody yeah, can be, be nice. uh, You know, it'd be right. nice for him and uh, for that. And then on that note. Who do you got in the Super Bowl this year? Have you paid much attention to it? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think the be- I think what what TV wants to see is Rodgers cuz he should be the MVP this year, let's be honest with you. Mahomes is fantastic, but he should be the MVP this year. Uh want to see maybe Rodgers Mahomes? No, yeah, Rogers Mahomes. Yeah, would be a big, big ticket. Brady Mahomes, the youth to the you know passing the torch. Yeah, could, yeah, be, yeah. The, could be the motto of this Super Bowl. Could this be the passing of the torch from the greatest of all time to the next greatest? Um, I want to see Rogers, and uh, I think that I, I want to see Baltimore go to Kansas City and and, and, and kick that ass. If 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 get possible, but Baltimore got a tough. Yeah, they got to go to Tennessee. They got to start in Tennessee, so they got a tough, tough task. And you know who they giving the ball to? <laughs> gonna, you, you know who they give that. You know who they giving the ball to? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know they give yeah, at least twenty five, thirty. They, no matter what. That's a he's a beast back there running out. Tannen Hill has what Tannen Hill has had a great year and it is not that damn hard to have that year. Again, can I do it? Of course not. But in the spectrum of quarterbacks in the NFL, his job ain't that damn hard. Give it to him. Yeah. Sit down and watch. Man, right. don't bobble it. Don't bobble it. Give yeah. it to him. And we'll give you about twenty two pass plays. Don't mess it up. That's it, and we'll win, and the defense will hold it. And then that's why they were eleven and five or ten and six. One of them, one of them good records in the playoffs. Yeah, that's all that matters. Okay, so uh, two last things. One, I know how much you love Kobe beef. Ooh, I know you love Kobe beef, and you know if you get this way, you know I'm going to take you out for Kobe beef. I I showed you what great meatballs were. But now, yeah. now we have to go and we got to do the Kobe beef thing. I'm a, I'm in. There's no no there's no no in my veins for that. I'm in. <laughs> All right. Now you want to laugh? I'm going to tell you a funny story that I heard. So Shaq was at a steakhouse uh, in the city, and uh, my friend was the chef, so they knew Shaq was there. So they decided to give him some big slab of Kobe beef. You know, because he's there and they want to pay him homage and whatnot. So they bring it out to him, and supposedly they say, Shaq, welcome to our place. This is the finest Colby beef you're ever going to eat. And Shaq takes the knife and starts jabbing. I'm never going to eat anything that has says Colby on it. 
everybody was looking at him. Like, oh my lord, you know. And he's he just joking around. But he was so serious that he chopped up this piece of beef that I think was, I don't know, like 40 ounces of Kobe beef. Oh. And, and, but he ate it. He ate it. Yeah. <laughs> but he, uh, he made a big joke, and it was funny. And uh, That's hilarious. Everybody got a big kick out of it. But, uh, yeah, we will definitely uh, we will do that. And uh, we'll continue our friendship, and I will follow yeah. you as you go over yeah. to Japan. And, uh, and please tell Audi. Or if I mm-hmm. say it correctly, or Audi. Well, how about Audi? Audi. 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 I always say that wrong. But tomato, please, tomato. Yep. Please, <laughs> I said hello and uh, best of luck when you guys move again back over there and the kids and everything. And I want you to stay safe, my friend. And I, I'm so thank glad you. connected on here. And thank yeah. you for being on because, you know, you're one of the great all-stars, uh, ambassadors of baseball that – you need to – my job is to share this with everyone so everyone sees it and knows who you are and what you're all about, and you're one of the great guys. So thank you again for being on. I can't no ask you enough, brother. So, uh, and I just want to tell you one story that, that made me, that got me the most cool points. That's probably why I married her or she married me. She married me. <laughs> all right, I, didn't, I didn't marry her. She married – no, no, I married her. She married me. Yeah, she married me. Was the first time we ever hung out really was uh, at – we got – the, on the at the Jets game, no, it was the Giants, the uh, Eagles Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, on it got on the field, and I got to jump on the goalpost because I still had bounce back then. That was and, there, was it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we got. Right. I got to meet you in the suite. I forgot whose suite it was, but I was with Billy, and I got to I got to meet you, and you was like, yeah, just follow me down to the to the uh, to the field. We went on the field after the game, and I got a picture with uh, with Audie on the field, and. Like she was after that, she was like, "Yeah, he's he's got some pool." I'm like, "Yeah, he's got some cool, some cool, cool points." So appreciate that, brother. Well, you know, I should have been. Now I got now I got to live up to it. Now she only sits on the court. She won't sit eight rows deep, court or suite. She ain't going to the damn game. Like, come on, man. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> See, started out rough. <laughs> Sorry, I uh, you know I was trying to give my man the VIP treat. <laughs> So, but anyway, uh, to everyone out there listening and watching Big Daddy and Friends, make sure you keep an eye out for Adam Jones. He is one of the best and uh, a great, like I said earlier, a great ambassador and a great husband and a great father and everything all wrapped up in one. So, until the most important jobs. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, uh, for everyone out there, until next time, from Big Daddy and Friends and Adam Jones, we say goodbye for now, and we'll see you guys real soon. 